Let us be attentive. Lord, how magnificent are your works. You have made all things in wisdom. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. In those days, those apostles who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to none except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number that believed turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a large company was added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a large company of people. And in Antioch, the disciples were the first, for the first time called Christians. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. And this took place in the days of Claudius. And the disciples determined, everyone according to his own ability, to send relief to the brethren who lived in Judea. And they did so sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Peace be with you, the reader. arise. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. Jesus came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and so Jesus, wearied as he was with his journey, sat down beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. 
Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask to drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, and drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband. This you said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming, when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but none said, What do you wish, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the city and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the city and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples besought him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him food? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say, There are yet four months, then comes the harvest? I tell you, lift up your eyes and see how the fields are already white for harvest. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him, because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. 
So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of your words that we believe, for we have heard ourselves, and we know that this is indeed Christ the Savior of the world. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Christos Anasti. It's probably appropriate that after reading that gospel, I'm very thirsty. Anyway, water is something that covers 75% of the planet Earth. Yet in the modern world, I would bet that very few of us, unless we are thirsty, really think about water to any great extent. You think of when you get up in the morning and you turn on the faucet and the water runs, you take your shower or bath, you shave, you wash your face, you make coffee or tea and use water, and all the things during the day, whether it's watering our lawns, whether it's freezing water to form ice skating rinks, water used in manufacturing. And yet, when we get thirsty, we think of water. And yet, if you've ever walked into a store these days, you'll see endless amounts of water. Bottled water, purified water, smart water, vitamin water, life water, it's endless, and it seems like what comes out of the tap today isn't sufficient anymore. Yet with all that water, we still get thirsty. And with all that water, we still, one day, will pass away. Today's gospel with the Samaritan woman speaks about water, as last week's gospel also spoke about water with the paralytic. As we look at that, that gospel from today, there's some things that stick out to me. Looking at the Samaritan woman, she's going about her daily business. Water at that time and in countries today where they don't have the endless supply of water and the faucets and the running water that we do is a precious commodity. For any of you who've gone to Project Mexico, you know that where there's no running water, dishwashers, washing machines, everything is collected and saved and used in whatever way that they can. And it was no different in the ancient Near East. Water was precious 
And if you found a well that continued to produce water, it was something that everybody lived around or ventured to in order to survive, whether it was for themselves or their cattle, to do their wash, to prepare their food. So St. Fotini, the Samaritan woman, is going to the well, minding her normal business, not expecting anything, her mundane activity of the day. And yet, who does she meet? She meets Christ. And from the get-go, she can sense that something is different. Why is he speaking to her? She's a woman. She's a Samaritan. In the culture, that was a no-no. So Christ is a rebel. He's a rule-breaker. But she senses that there's something more to him, and she engages in this conversation. And the first thing that touches me with that conversation is that Christ met her where she was. I think sometimes we think of religion and our faith and everything that we're supposed to have these uplifting, mystical, deifying experiences. And it's not that way when you look at the gospel. Christ meets people wherever they are in life, whatever they're doing. And in some ways, he comes trying to have an encounter with them, trying to touch them, trying to establish a relationship with them. Now, St. Fontaine could have gone the other direction. She could have said, I want nothing to do with this man, but she didn't. She engaged in that conversation. And Christ offered a water that was different, a living water, a living water of a spring. And again, water at that time, if you had a spring, it meant that there was a constant source. It wasn't collecting rainwater. It was similar to a well, but it was bubbling, and it was constantly moving and constantly flowing. And who wouldn't want that kind of water because it makes life easier? You have constant water. But he also said it was living water. And if you read further ahead in the Gospel of John, you realize that that living water is the Holy Spirit. And where we're at in the cycle from Pascha on our way to Pentecost, we just passed mid-Pentecost on Wednesday. And the church is preparing us for the reception of the Holy Spirit, which subsequently is why there was a Gospel reading about water last week and a Gospel reading about water this week. So St. Fontaine is in this conversation. But then things get a little bit more challenging because Christ asked her to go get her husband. And openly and honestly, she admits that she doesn't have a husband and also admits that she's had five husbands. In our relationship with Christ, we have to be honest with ourselves and honest with him. It's easy to go about life and live in a fantasy world, a make-believe world, where we want people to see one thing, but deep inside or behind closed doors, it's something else. That's not what we're asked to do. We're asked to look at ourselves, to be honest with ourselves, and assess ourselves where we are at at that particular moment. That's what Christ wants of us. So St. Fontaine did that. 
And Christ kept speaking to her. And a transformation happened. And Christ admitted who he was. The Savior. The Anointed One. And her response was not to keep that to herself, but to go and proclaim it to others. And that's our job, is to proclaim the Orthodox faith, to proclaim that Christ, the Messiah, has come into the world for everyone. He came in for Jew, he came in for Samaritan, he came in for male, he came in for female, he came in for every race of the entire world. As we go forward towards Pentecost, we live in this post-Pascha bliss, this enjoyment, having gone through everything that we went through, through great Lent, to get to the Paschal celebration on our way to Pentecost. I hear oftentimes people say, I wish Lent would continue. I'm just getting into my stride. Well, dear brothers and sisters, it needs to continue. It has to continue. Christ talks about that spring, that ongoing flow of divine grace of the Holy Spirit. Lent is not just a moment of the year. It's meant to transform each and every one of us. And how that happens is based upon our preparation. It's based on our prayer. It's based on our asceticism, fasting. It's based on our love towards others. It's based on how we endure suffering. And ultimately, we open ourselves up to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And how God does that is a mystery. When he does it is a mystery. How much he gives us is a mystery. But our role is to transform ourselves to be more like Christ. And whatever happened for each and every one of you during Lent, I pray that it opened you up to God's grace and that you will continue to do so going forward. Lent doesn't end our journey doesn't end until we finally leave this world and enter into the joy of Christ. As we continue in this post-Pascha journey towards Pentecost, through the prayers of St. Photony, may we continue to bask in the light of Christ. May we continue to shine that light of Christ to our families, to our friends, to our co-workers, to a world that is desperately in need of that light and that joy. Amen.